So, hello and welcome to episode 28 of the Saladcast with myself, Glenn Price, and joined as usual by Ollie Warner. How are you, Ollie? Yeah, I'm hi, mate. How are you doing? I'm pretty good, thanks. Good, good. And we're joined uh, again with a guest this week, aren't we? We've got uh, Mike Davis with us uh, this week. How are you getting on, Mike? Yeah, good, thanks, guys. Thanks good, good. for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, I suppose the first place to, to start, really, is just get, sort of give a bit of a background of Mike and his his time supporting Shrewsbury Town. We said we'd try and get a slightly older fan on than Alex last week, didn't we? So, you're slightly older than an 18-year-old, aren't you, Mike? Slightly older, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so yeah. What was your first game? Really, give us a bit of a background. Um, my first game, uh, to be honest, uh, it was either Brentford or Bradford. Can't <laughs> tell you exactly which one. I was only only little. Um, anyway, Tony Kelly was playing. Um, ended up chinning somebody, and basically, <laughs> I've uh, I've been a fan ever since. Oh, brilliant. That's a good way to start, isn't it? To be fair, and you, you've you've been doing a lot of work on the sports part over the last few years as well, haven't you? One of the sort of Guys, I think you've been the chairman, haven't you? So yeah, you've you've got a lot of uh, background knowledge of the of the on and off field situation at Shrewsbury, haven't you? I guess. Yeah, um, yeah, I've, I've I've been involved quite a quite a long time with um, with the trust, um, and then got involved with the SP um, when it was founded. Um, so quite enjoy enjoy helping the football club off the pitch <laughs> and. Um, and and obviously, you know, trying to safeguard the football club for yeah. long term. Good stuff. And Ollie, you've uh, obviously got a game to talk about as well. Another win for Shrewsbury Town at home. We're, they're becoming quite regular now, aren't they? Yeah, no, fantastic. And um, yeah, we don't have you know, we don't have much luck against Berry. So and I've got, as I always repeat, I've got some friends who are messaging during the game. Who was yes, yeah, so I was really chuffed to beat Berry. Yeah, I think we all were, weren't we, in the nature of the victory as well. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to, to go through the game for the people that weren't there and also the, the guys that were there. We want to have a sort of listen to some thoughts. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll dig into the game, guys. Richards. To the goalkeepers. Oh, and it's poor handling. It's a gift of a goal. Fermi defence couldn't do anything about that. It looked an easy take here for Fon Williams. Launched in by Richards. And it ended up being a tap-in. For the debutant first game on loan from Sheffield United, and that will do for Chris Porter. So, Shrewsbury Town 2, Barry 1. Another home victory, as I said before. Um, yeah, early goal, well, early-ish goal through Tyler Roberts on 47, and then Freddie Lapardo making it 77 with a little dance afterwards, as usual, and then a bit of a scrappy goal at the end for Barry on 87 through Jacob Mellis. So, yeah, 2-1, Ollie. Um, I'm looking at the agenda, as I usually do before we start talking about these matches, and you've gone stat-crazy again. So, yeah, come on, wheel, wheel some of these big stats out for us, Ollie. Yeah, so it's... Pretty some good stats for a change and also positive stats in terms of Shrewsbury. So that means um, we're now unbeaten in five games. For Berry, um, they'd not won away from home in 10 games um, away from home. So it wasn't Crikey. too surprising that we won this match in that kind of context. And I, as I said, I've got I'm good friends with Berry fans and it always seemed to lose to them. And yeah, it was interesting on Shrews player, the commentator mentioned that um, we've only beaten them twice in the last 12 league games. Wow. So it was good to, to win win again. Uh, and in terms of um, what that means for town and this result in terms of sequence of results, it means now that we've won um, five out of the last seven um, league games, which is pretty phenomenal, isn't it? It's, it's remarkable, isn't it? I mean, it's probably a good point to ask Mike the first question is, is just before we even talk about the specifics of this game is your thoughts about Hurst and the turnaround under Hurst and, and quite what he's brought to the football club. You know, what, what have you been the most impressed with? Um, it's been a miracle, hasn't it? Let's be honest. Um I mean, the football under Mellon towards the end was was horrendous. Mm. Um, there was only one way we were going. Um, we had no fight, no real desire. The players didn't really look interested. Um, all of a sudden, now every man seems to be scrapping for yeah. for a, a place in the starting lineup. Um, I love the fact that all the players he's brought in seem to have something to prove. There's no one really he's brought in that you know is a, coming to the end of their career. Um, 
they're all young lads looking to forge a, a career in football. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, masterstroke really. Yeah. Um, and they all just seem to be, you know, getting together, fighting, fighting for their shirts mm. and, and for the team. And I think as fans, that's all we can ask for. Yeah, that's all you want to see, isn't it, Ollie? Some 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 fight on the pitch, and we've been saying this for the last few weeks now, haven't we? I I, I wanted to make a note about talking about team spirit actually for later on, but we could talk about it now. In that, it was nice to see the whole squad went out for a meal after the game yesterday. It was on Twitter. They'd been to a place called Biggies in Shrewsbury. I might mention it because it's nice barbecue food, so they might send us some free stuff, Ollie. So keep keep open for those endorsements. But um, yeah, so it, it's good to see the whole squad out there, sort of socialising together. And I believe that Chris Doig was there. I couldn't see the manager on it, but there was some of the other staff at the club as well. That's the sort of thing that we were missing under Merlin, and that's when people talk about team spirit. That's what we want to see, and it looks like, which is good, it's that the lone players could be buying into that as well. You know, they're not going to be here for long, but if we can get them engaged and, and that sort of thing, I think that's going to be fantastic. So, yeah, I know we're not talking about the match too much, Ollie, but I think it's just worth talking about team spirit because it's evident in this game we're about to talk about that that is the, one of the massive things that's improved. So, yeah, do you want to just run us through the team anyway, Ollie, for the for the Berry game and, and talk about the changes? Yeah, definitely. So um, there was one major change to the lineup, which I think caught everyone a little bit by surprise. Um, and that was that Payne came in for, um, for um, Lepado, yeah. which was a bit of a surprise. Um, other than that, it was um, 4-4-2 again um, with Luke Weiler in goal, Riley right back, Toto and Sadler in central defence with Brown at left back, um, Rodman and Worley on the wings with Deegan and Agogo in the middle um, and Roberts um, and Payne started up front. Um, but as we, as those of the game know that Payne came off after 10 minutes, so that was a bit of a shame um, and, came, and Lepado came straight on. Um, so yeah, so interesting change, and it's a bit surprising. Was what, I don't know, Mike. What was your thoughts? Did you expect um, the new striker to come in straight away? Maybe to be fair, <laughs> when, when I um, when I saw that we had signed him um, and read his comments on Shoes Web, um, you got the feeling that he was coming in as a as a first choice striker. Um, whether I'm whether I think he should have started yesterday or it should have sort of maybe been a couple of weeks later um when you sort of got to know everybody a bit better maybe but you did get the feeling that he'd come in as a as a, mm. a first first choice striker um I wasn't at Gillingham last week so I don't know how um Freddie played there certainly I think if it had been after the last home game yeah, Freddie would would have yeah. been in the side. I think I, I was listening to the post match interview, stuck in the car park, waiting to get out of the meadow as usual at twenty past five. <laughs> but um, I, I'm, Paul Hurst was on talking about the strikers, Ollie, and, and he did mention that he didn't think Freddie had his best game at Gillingham, and he and he said that he didn't think Freddie would disagree with that. So there was part part of the reason for that change was was maybe behind that as well. But obviously, we're going to the game. It didn't last long, did he? Pain, unfortunately. I, I was over that side this week, Ollie. I took my kids in the family stand, so I was on the right side for where Pain got injured, and it looked to me like the player stamped sort of came down studs down on him it wasn't a bad tackle but it, it sounds like he might have broken his metatarsal from what Paul Hurst was saying afterwards so obviously it's a stud onto the top of the foot so a real a real gutter for Payne wasn't it you know looking to get off his debut to a good start and he's sort of going off after 10 minutes and he looked you know wasn't too far away from him. he looked absolutely gutted and you can hardly blame him no he yeah he, he did seem gutted and yeah he saw him um, um from where obviously from the west end you could see that he watched the whole game under the tunnel oh and, right um, yeah it's a real shame yeah so he um he watched the whole game and was interested, and that's a shame. But um, um, interestingly, um, obviously, we do the pod on a Sunday. Um, I don't know if you saw, but um, I saw Lewis Cox um, tweet that um, he's done an X-ray and it hasn't shown anything. Oh, good. And he hasn't shown any damage in terms of bro- bones broken or anything like that. So maybe it's just really heavy bruising. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens. Um, 
in the next few weeks. Um, he's, he's on loan, isn't he, Ollie? So it's probably precautionary on our behalf yeah. as well. You don't want to be letting clubs know that we'll just send players on with potential broken feet. So, um, yeah, I think it was probably the right thing for Chris Skitt and the medical team to have done. So, yeah, that was really the first notable thing that happened in the game, really. It was quite a sort of even opening. Well, town, town were on top, but there wasn't any clear-cut chances, really, for that first period of the game, was there? And then I'm no. looking through the agenda, Ollie, of, of what's going on, and you've written in block capitals, worst corner ever. <laughs> do, you want to, do you want to talk us through the worst corner ever? I think you described it as the worst corner you've ever seen in professional football ever, which is, which is amazing, really, but go on. So, yeah, so not only that, obviously no one actually wanted to take the corner at first, so that was quite <laughs> funny. So, um, so all the players are kind of waiting in the box and like no one was going to take the corner. So I think it was Riley or um, one of the wingers trotted over. Um, and then Deegan, who I don't really remember him taking too many corners, kind of yeah. went over as well. And then Deegan seemed to take control and decided he was going to take a corner. And um, so, yeah, he hit the ball and it kind of bounced near the halfway line. And, yeah. and that sounds a bit ridiculous, but it actually did land um, near the cent- like the circle around the centre circle, which is quite phenomenal. Um, I don't <laughs> it was almost like how professional football... I've never even seen that. In, have you ever even seen that? Me, I know you played um, Sunday League football, Glenn. I know you played football. Um, I'm not sure whether Mike, you did or not, but I'd never even seen a kid or a lad in Sunday League football <laughs> in the corner that bad before. It wasn't from the training ground, as they usually say, was yeah, it? Do you know what I mean? Bad. I think I don't think I ever saw anyone playing for the away sports ever at a corner that bad. It was almost like a through ball for him because it went straight to their striker and he like got, took a touch and started running at us and we were like, what's going yeah. on here? But yeah, I've not seen a worse one than that. What about you, Mike? No, it was horrendous, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. I think the worst bit was, you know, there wasn't even one of our players stood there sort of lining up a shot or anything like that. It was literally as if he was playing a through ball to <laughs> their, their forward line. Um and you just had that horrible sinking feeling that they were just going to pick the ball up, run at us, and score. And yeah. um, thankfully, uh, no. the defenders stepped in. But yeah, it wasn't wasn't great, was it? We were committed, weren't we, into the corner, so it could have been disastrous. But I think it's probably worth going on then, Ollie. So after after their worst corner ever, as you described it, um, Town started to get more of a foothold in the game, didn't they? And they started to create chances. So yeah, I don't know. Do you want to run us through a couple of those early chances you can remember, and we'll have a have a quick chat about them? Yeah. So the first half was obviously um, another time, another team scored. Um, but yeah, there were several um, block shots, one from Roberts, one from Rodman, um, after Worley ran at the length of the pitch. Um, so mm. there was a lot of running, wasn't there, and a lot of attacking intent, so that was good. Um, a couple of other, um, Roberts um, had a chance, another chance after um, Lopardo had an effort. Um, and I think probably the best chance for Shrews we had to have been, um, Worley's chance where he did a, a, did a good one too with um, Lopardo, um, and had a shot on goal, um, which... Okay, the angle was quite tight, but I thought he um, he made the keeper make a save, so at least that's not too bad. But I think he should have scored there. I don't know, guys. What would you, what was your view on that? We we were just watching the highlights. Me and me and Mike here before we started the podcast, and my my initial first look at that that highlight was the angle was a lot more acute than I thought it was on Saturday. I thought it was a really it was a really good chance still, but to be fair to Wally, it was it was quite an acute angle, and he didn't have much of the goal yeah, to aim at. So I, I can kind of throw him a bone with that one, to be honest with you. Yeah, good save by the keeper, but difficult chance. I mean, again, on on the day you sort of look at it and you think, yeah, he should have just tucked it in. Um, looking looking back on it, you know, it's it's one of those that you can forgive him for that. I think. Yeah. So yeah, so that really took us through to half time, didn't it, Ollie? Sorry, Glenn. Just want to make one thing in the first half, um, and that I don't know because obviously you're on the other side of the pitch. I'm not sure if you'd have seen as much of it. But um, Mike, what did you make of um, that? The right back Morse two footer challenge on Brown. <laughs> Um, I thought that I thought it was definitely two-footed and should have been a red card. It it was horrendous. Um, it was actually right in front of us, and um, 
straight away you could you could see Brown sort of holding his, his sort of his shin. Um, it's halfway up his leg by the look of it. Um, definitely two-footed. I think what incensed everybody a little bit more was didn't even give a free kick, um, allowed play no. to go on, and then ended up booking Deegan about 30 seconds later ah, yeah, for something that I don't even think warranted. A, well, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, He, he was chasing he, back, wasn't he, looking for the foul? I thought it was one yeah, of those well, minders. Yeah, he, was, he, he fouled him out of um, yeah retaliation for not giving the foul before. Yeah, I messaged my Berry, my Berry friends then because I was just kind of like so angry I had to kind of do something. And um, I messaged saying it was horrendous and... Um, um, the um, sister of my friend um, who had messaged a kind of group message on Facebook um, said that Manchester um, Radio said it wasn't even a foul and they, they never made any <laughs> to it. And which I then responded to, well, it's a, did they also mention then apologised to Brown afterwards? Um, yeah, that really incensed me. And not only incensed me, but also the game went on. He was a pretty terrible player. So, um, yeah, it was he's, he's, Brown, got his, Brown got his revenge on him, didn't he, later on in the game? He definitely did. I think it's probably worth... T- there's two things to mention there. One, I was re- reading the Berry message board today and they seem to be very down on us as a bunch of cheats and, <laughs> yeah. and time wasters and all sorts of things, which didn't happen in the game. But maybe that's because the Radio Manchester commentary is absolutely biased and hardly any Berry yeah. fans are actually there. So, Maybe they've got their judgment from the radio because that was not a fair reflection of the game. What I was reading on their message board, and the second no. thing is you're right about that. That more the right back. He he had the worst individual performance I've seen anyone have against us this season. He was absolutely terrible. Not just getting skinned by Brown or Rodman or whatever collection of attacking players ran at him, but he passed out of play. He had absolutely no first touch. And I could not. I can't understand how Barry. I mean, he can't be that bad every week, obviously. But in some respects, it was a good job he never got sent off because he was a complete liability to them, and he was one of the reasons why. We, we got two goals so I, I thought he was comically bad I don't know about you Mike yeah <laughs> again he, he was he was shocking probably one of the worst players I've seen down here this season whether it's just a bad game or whether he's that week in week out whether considering position they're in it, mm. it, it may be like that every week but yeah. th- I, I, to be fair the whole game that very reminded me of Stevenage of a few years ago actually in their mentality um <laughs> The way they just threw themselves to, seem to throw themselves to the floor at every opportunity. Yeah. Pope and Vaughan up front. To be fair, beginning of the game when you saw them on the team sheet, you thought, "Wow, we're going to have a really difficult day today." To be fair, they spent more time on the floor than uh, than Tony did when he was here. Um, <laughs> so um, you know, in one way, that sort of helped us. But no, they they weren't they weren't great. One of my favourite moments of the game when. Um, um, Vaughan, when um, Sadler just kind of solder barged him out of the way, he went down on the ground and he didn't get anything. Um, I think his theatrics kind of wound the ref up and the ref made a few odd decisions. Obviously that two-foot challenge, he definitely made a mistake there, but he seemed to be encouraged to let the game go. Um, often in Shrewsbury's favour, actually, I'd thought. Yeah, well, I think that's a, that's a fair shout. I thought the ref was, other than that one decision, he was pretty reasonably good. He didn't stand out as being terrible, to be honest with you. But um, but Barry's histrionics were a bit of a joke, to be honest with you. My mum, even my mum, I, I always mention my mum on this podcast, but I, I got a lift home with her after the game, and she was saying her favourite thing of the game was seeing, I think it was Vaughan, when he just sort of just went up and kind of landed down on his arse, didn't he? And it was just it was just comical. Yeah. God knows what he was doing, trying to win a free kick like that. But yeah, that it went on the whole game, um, to be honest with you. So... Yeah, that's kind of it, really. I think we'll talk about the individual battles in the game later on, because obviously um, Toto and Sadler versus Vaughan, and I think is it 
Pope up front, wasn't he? He said there was a battle there and there was Pennant and Riley. It was a specific battle. And obviously Brown and Rodman versus Moore. So there was lots of battles around the pitch and we, we seemed to individually win them, to be honest with you. But we'll come to that later on. So it kind of took us through to half-time, Ollie. I don't know if there's anything else you want to say about the first half there. No, no, no. Maybe it's worth you um, kind of um, summarising the goggling because obviously you were closer to um, to, to Brown's um, yeah. assist. Well, I, I didn't think the first, second half was going to be starting as high-octane as it did when Shrewsbury Town ran back out to Yellow Submarine by the Beatles, which has got which has got to be the one of the worst timed song choices I've ever known. It was like, here's all the atmosphere, guys. We're going to suck it right out of the stadium. So the guy on the music needs to get his act together, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, it was. I think it was 47 minutes, wasn't it? So it was like two or three minutes into the second half. Um, that Moore was playing right back, and he, he gave the ball away. We got it, and then came back at him. And basically, um, Brown sort of did a little bit of a shimmy, and he just fell on his ass. That was about as obvious as it was. He, he got completely flummoxed, and he couldn't get up in time. Brown was away. And uh, Brown picked his head up. You could see it as clear as day from where I was sitting. Picked out Roberts perfectly. And Roberts, his first time shot, had just enough power to beat the keeper. And the keeper got a hand to it, but he walloped it real hard, side foot. So um, great, great finish from Roberts and, and great work from Brown for the goal. And it was it was just reward, really, for the first half performance, I thought. No, it was nice to see. And also, interestingly, um, he ran over to the bench, didn't he? Um, and everyone mm. kind of celebrated together, which was a kind of an interesting insight, as we as you mentioned at the start of the pod, in terms of the, t- the togetherness in the squad. Um, and yeah, it was a nice team goal. It was good to see. And um, yeah, he looks like a right player, doesn't he, Roberts? I thought he, imp- he really impressed me throughout the match. Yeah, he, he, he's... He's class, isn't he? I think you know when when he came in, there was a little bit of a question mark over whether he could have any sort of impact, whether he'd, he'd be too lightweight, maybe. But he seems to have a trick about him. Um, he's certainly got some pace. Mm. Um, the one thing that sort of struck me, and and we were actually talking about it as the players were coming out second half, was Town tend now to come out a little bit earlier um, out of the dressing room, and um, the fitness coach spends sort of five minutes sort of getting them going. So we seem to start the second half sort of already sort of fighting and playing. Berry sort of came out very sort of low-key, sort of trudged to their positions. And to be fair, we started the second half in exactly the same way as, as, you know, we were sort of building up to the second half, really. So, again, whether that's sort of something that the manager sort of pinpointed that the players need to get out and sort of have five minutes before the start, you know, just to get themselves back into the, the tempo of things. Um, but that, again, really sort of showed yesterday. And we, second half, we started really, really well. Um, and Barry just couldn't cope with our movement, to be fair. See, this is why it's good to get a guest on, because I'd never really noticed that. So it's, it's a fairly good observation, that, isn't it? Because we'd certainly seem to have been starting the second half a lot quicker. So I'd noticed that, Ollie. I don't know about you. Um, yeah, I'd made an, I noticed that they came up, there was quite a big gap in between... Um, Berry um, coming out but no it's yeah it's an interesting comment from Mike yeah spot on so, so that was the goal 1-0 <clears throat> and then we didn't really you know give give any quarter we didn't res- result to sort of sitting back deep like we normally do we we kept playing front foot football um, Wally and Rodman particularly kept running I think Wally was probably the more maybe slightly more impressive of the two wingers this week he, he, did, he really did have them looking in trouble at points in time um, and I think the next sort of big chance that we, we sort of saw was when uh, he, he sort of got in didn't he, he sort of got tackled and then the ball fell to him quite nicely and he, he cut it back to Lapardo and we were looking at this chance on the highlights and I don't know how he actually missed this one. It was the one where he sort of came front post and he sort of poked it with his sort of toe end up to the right hand side of the goal, Ollie. So yeah, that was a good chance, wasn't it, to make it two 0 and then you start to worry, but there was no need to, was there? Yeah, it was a great chance and um we created um lots of chances this game, didn't we? We probably ended up probably I'd say we'll be creating five clear cut chances and apart from the goals that we scored, yeah, this this was definitely the best one and I can't believe you didn't score. It's, for me it was one of those classic ones where you definitely react and put your hands on your head like 
oh no, has he has he made a, a big mistake there? But obviously, um, yeah. didn't take too long. We still create our chance, a few more chances, didn't we? After that, um, Lapardo missed another chance um, after Brown does the winger again. Um, yeah. And yeah, the chances were coming at this point in the game. We were we were completely on top at this point in the game. Yeah. What did you? There was another chance wasn't there where uh, we had a corner and it came to Toto, Mike, and uh, he got a good head onto it and it was sort of sailing towards the back post and they they sort of cleared yeah. off the line. I, I just there was the three or four chances within a twenty minute period that were good chances and you you do you know as a fan as a stupid fan like we all do you start to worry don't you but that was a cracking chance as well yeah I mean as always you just feel it's going to come back and bite you in the arse a little bit <laughs> don't you? and uh, uh, like you say that, that, that first chance Ladapo had where um, to be fair where we sat in block 18 I thought the defender had sort of come across and blocked it but actually looking back on the highlights he actually had a clear sight of goal mm. um, so yeah not a, not a great great effort um, to be fair from corners we, we do look dangerous again I mean again beginning of the season we were just shocking both ends <laughs> of the pitch weren't we yep. um, defending and, and um, offensively and um, certainly Toto has added something but also obviously Freddie as well and it, it is it, it's great having a bit of threat up there uh, and and you know, you feel that we can create something again from set pieces. Yeah, and especially with the wingers, we're actually winning, maybe winning more corners, it feels like as well, we're, with the more front foot attacking football I'll keep mentioning. So if we're going to start winning more corners, we're going to have to start scoring more. But there was a game a few weeks ago where I think we had like eight or nine corners and we registered like one shot and target <laughs> off it. So there's still some work to be done, but we definitely do feel more comfortable in defensive corners. We've said that many times, haven't we, Ollie? So yeah, so it didn't come back to bite us, did it? Because obviously on 77 minutes, we sort of... Felt it felt like everyone we put the game to bed, and it was old Freddie Lopardo, the dancing man, got his uh, is it third in three home games, I think it was, wasn't it? Um, and yeah, it was it was another good goal, Ollie. So, uh, yeah, what did you make of that goal? Do you want to talk us through that one? Yeah, so obviously, um, Roberts was running forward, um, um, towards goal, he had a shot, and the shot kind of hit, um, I don't know if it was hit, um, Lopardo or hit the defender, but it certainly came um, into Lopardo's feet, and then he just kind of, yeah. Um, straight into the back of the net so I saw there was a bit of banter on Twitter between Roberts um, Lopado, um quite a funny picture I don't know if you guys saw that picture um, on um, on Twitter um, it looked almost like Roberts was sitting on Lopado's lap um, yeah. and he was joking saying was that an assist or was it a shot <laughs> Um, yeah, he said, then he's said you claiming the assist yeah and then he so then he obviously then he obviously yeah that made it 2-0 and yeah much deserved as well, much deserved at this point. And um, yeah, we thought we deserved a 2-0 lead. And as we said already, it should have been more. Yeah, I have to, we've got to go back to Freddie's dance as well. We, we're just looking at the highlights again. I'm pretty sure he's doing a slightly different variation of a dance. I said this last the week before last, didn't I, when, we, when he scored. Slightly different variation of his dance. You know, this is a this is a cutting-edge football tactics podcast, Ollie. But we've got to, got to observe the dancing technique of this man. Because honestly... I'm going to say it now, he's, he was great. I thought he was brilliant when he came on, particularly at the end when we were trying to kill the game out. We'll come to that in a minute. But that entertainment factor that was missing for such a long time at this football club, it, that's the sort of thing that gets people to come back. And it's the, the fun, free, carefree attitude he seems to play his game with. And I, I really, really like the guy. And, and, and Payne might be a good player, but I'd keep him in there just for the fact that he is... He's, he's not box office, but he's just... He's the sort of people that can get you a smile on your face and get you enjoying football again. And I think fair play, fair credit to him. And he's a good dancer. So more, more Freddie dances. Keep him coming, mate. There was definitely a positive atmosphere. Yeah, I, was, I was walking out the ground, um, walking down the Super Blues way um, on my on my Todd, and just ended up chatting to some to some random guy. I was walking down, and I don't know, you know, a few weeks ago, everyone would just kept their head down and trudged out. But um, yeah, everyone seemed to be chatting, and everyone seemed a lot happier. So no, it's um. 
it's completely as Mike said at the, at the start of the pod. It can transform the club round, and um, no, it was fantastic. And yeah, it was it was good to see, and yeah, it's good to see all the players diving in on him. So um, yeah, it's definitely a um, a nice goal and important goal. It was massively celebrated, and and obviously, Mike, the, the crowd were pretty did vocal during the game as well. It was real good chanting again, wasn't it? And it was that it was a decent atmosphere at the game, wasn't it? Yeah, last two games, to be fair, of um, it's it's been like being at a different ground to be honest i i haven't known block 18 19 as loud yes as, as it was yesterday for a long time mm. um a lot of new faces as well there and a lot of groups of of people sort of coming together that that sort of singing together which you know really really helps the atmosphere but a lot of that comes from watching enjoyable football on the Correct. pitch yeah um and you've got, you know, when you see the players enjoying it and you see Freddie dancing and uh, Tyler Roberts uh, dancing um, after his goal as well, he had a dance as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you sort of start buying into it again and, and the fans start enjoying it. And obviously we go to watch us win, you know, at yeah. the end of the day. But it, it, it's just that, you know, since Hurst has come in, the, the transformation, like I said at the beginning, it, it is a minor miracle. Um, you know, I think when he came in with five points adrift, mm-hmm. And everyone just seems to be enjoying it more, you know, enjoying watching the football. The players seem to be enjoying it more. And ultimately, that will lead to more wins and hopefully safety at the end of the season. And the crowd's going up as well, isn't it? I think maybe, do you think maybe the fans took Ryan's criticism of being negative to heart and have tried to, to, show, <laughs> to show we can be positive in the last few weeks? So, you know, maybe that was, the, that was the tactic of it all along and he was playing the game. He was playing chess and we were playing checkers. There you go. So that, that was 2-1. Uh, sorry, 2-0, wasn't it? And then we still were on the front foot. Barry had a little bit more pressure in there sort of five minutes after we scored the second. Um, and then they did sneak one back at the end and obviously we've been looking on blue and amber some people are saying look Wilder's the worst goalkeeper in the world others are saying you know he's still good and it's one mistake and why didn't he punch it and for weeks me and Ollie have been saying why doesn't he catch it so it's one of those ones isn't it you know he, he, he's kept a lot of clean sheets in the last few weeks so again I'm, I'm willing to be a bit less flexible more flexible than a lot of other people are but what, what did you make of the goal Ollie in terms of it you know do you, do you put that down as a mistake or do you think fair enough it was two people made a mistake, didn't they? So Lopardo gave the ball away um, really sloppily yeah. um, to, to to Berry, which was um, not ideal um, at this point in the game. And you know you want your big man to try and hold the ball up front. And then obviously the ball goes into a crowded box, and Luke Viler tries to catch the ball. And yeah, being English and being British, and you know all that keepers catching the ball, he really should have punched it in this time. And I don't know whether he's been listening or he's been listening, been on blue and amber <laughs> and seeing people criticising him. But yeah, he tries to catch the ball when he really should have just punched it. It's an unfortunate one. You know, he's, we can't criticise Luke Viler too much. Um, he made a mistake. We didn't cost us anything at the end of the day. Um, a little bit of a nervy end in the end. Um, but, uh, you know, he's, he's got enough brownie points in the bank to um, to warrant him, to kind of allow him to get away with a mistake. He definitely made a mistake and we should have cleared the ball. But, yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's well, a League One goalkeeper. I don't know, Mike, what, what's your view on um, Luke Viler? I'm a massive Luke Viler fan, actually. I, I think... People have to be realistic. The guy is a superb shot stopper. If he could control his area, there is no way he'd be playing for Shrewsbury Town. <laughs> yeah. Because on a shot stopping basis, he's he's probably one of the best goalkeepers on a shot stopping level I've seen play for us. And I think people have to be realistic. You know that he 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 definitely would not be here if he was coming out and catching every ball. No. If you look back over the how many years he's been here and and how many points he saved us, I think you will sort of realise how massive part of the team he has become. Um, And I think you also realise it when you see other goalkeepers step in. And, uh, you know, Halstead, I like Halstead, he's he's a decent goalkeeper, 
but I don't think he's anywhere near the level that Lovvile is at. Um, and then you look at people like Callum Burton, obviously a lot younger. Again, you know, you wouldn't have the confidence with Callum in gold that you have with Jason. And, no. and I know people criticise him because he doesn't catch the ball. But I think the criticism has possibly bitten us a little bit this week because he's probably looked at that <laughs> and thought on Saturday, ball's flying across his area, I'll come out and catch it when he should have just come out and yeah. done what he's been doing for the last six months and put a good fist on it and, you know, got yeah, it yeah. away. It happens, doesn't it, to be fair. And he, and as you say, he's, he's a quality goalkeeper and um, we'd be lost without him at times, to be honest with you. He's you know, kept us up at times, hasn't he? So, uh, there we go. So, uh, one of the things I was just going to pick up on is we were like, you said there oh, it was quite a nervy ending, but I honestly didn't feel that nervous. I, I didn't. I thought that Town played that section out after the, they scored their second, as well as you could possibly want to close a game out, you know, they might have had one scrappy chance. I can't even remember, but I, I thought that after Freddie made that mistake for the goal, he played really well in that 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 role of getting the ball down and closing it down with the eight, eight, with the support of all the other players in the attacking positions. I wasn't. I was honestly wasn't that worried. And I think Paul Hurst said something similar in his post match interview. He said he didn't didn't feel like they ever really threatened us at two one. So I think the credit should go to that defensive performance as well. Yeah, I think you think you saw I posted on on the on Twitter why I maybe was a little bit more nervous. Oh. What was that for? I can't remember. Because I had a bet on. So oh, I yeah. put a £3 <laughs> bet on that um, um, Freddie would score and we'd win 2-1. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I won 53 quid from that £3 bet. So, yeah, I was quite hoping that we would, would keep would keep that out. So I wasn't too bothered when we conceded. Um <laughs> But yeah, I was. Yeah, you're right. In terms of the in terms of the context of the game, I thought we were excellent in the last um, um, last part of the game, um, and we did do really well to hold them off. Um, but yeah, I was just hoping I got my fifty quid. Well, always thinking about yourself, Ollie, and not the team. Yeah, mate. All right, okay, fair <laughs> enough. But yeah, that was it really. And we, we we say we sold it out, and there was a huge you know huge cheer, probably one of the biggest end of game cheers we've had for a long time because people knew how massive that result was. You looked around and saw a few of the other results, and they were going our way. And Oldham got a late winner, which was not ideal, but the other results weren't too bad for us and so it was a real hearty hearty cheer and that they took all the applause on the way off the pitch which was completely deserved and um yeah there you go i think we were just i think i've just read here that you know we've all sort of made some comments because you know i've seen barry play twice this year so have you i don't know if you went to barry away mike i can't remember no, but no, ollie's no. ollie's seen him twice you know and obviously you've got your friend at barry you've got your comments on barry so barry barry i want to say barry because it's <laughs> quite northern isn't it but what, what do you make about barry in general because you said you think they'll stay out last week i'm not sure they look pretty rubbish yeah they did i was really surprised um on the one of their forums they were they didn't really comment about shoes on what i saw online they were just um, criticizing the, the, the players um, about how they've got 33 players in the squad um they spent more money there. obviously off the pitch there are massive shambles um, financially but um, yeah they were really poor I was really surprised so when we played them at Kig Lane um, they, were, they dominated the game didn't they they were all yeah, over us and we were lucky at half time not to be you know, quite a few goals down but this was a completely different team um, and I didn't really think they threatened us at all. Obviously, when Vaughan got near the box, we you know we knew he'd scored a lot of goals recently, but I didn't see how they scored those goals. They were hoofing it. Um, and yeah, I found quite a nice co- um, quote online from a Berry fan, and he said, it was the worst performance of the season for me. No tactics, no pattern, um, um, little passion um, for a massive game, just aimless hoofball, mm. which I thought was a nice way of summing it up. And um, yeah, you, we definitely wanted to win that game more than we, more than they did. Um, yeah. I don't know, Mike. What, did, what was your view on Barry? Very similar to yours, to be honest. Um, thought they were really poor. Apart from, I think they're number five. Um, he seemed to win everything in the air for a period of time, and, and you know, you really thought we were going to struggle to break them down. Um, that was sort of in the first half. But to be fair, 
once we sort of got the goal, we didn't really look no. worried. Um, like, and like I say, you know, you you see Pope and and Vaughan on the, the the team sheet, and then you see Pennant on the wing, and you think, well, you know, they're going to get the ball out to Pennant. The, the crosses are going to be flying in. You've got Big Lad and Pope and and, and Vaughan as well. They just didn't do that. Um, tactically, they they just didn't look bothered. Whether it's the mentality of you know big name players coming in, but they haven't really got much to play for. Whereas we seem to have a a, a younger squad who are all, like I said hungry. before, sort of hungry, trying to forge their, a career. But yeah, I, I thought they were really really poor. Yeah. And, and and going on yesterday, odds on to be relegated to be honest yeah. it's funny isn't it we've talked about the game and we've done 30 minutes on talking about this game and that's the first time anyone's mentioned Jermaine Pennant and that's remarkable really you know that's that's a player you know when they signed me the other week everyone's like what is he doing playing for Berry? you know well one how can they afford him but two you know he's still got a reasonable pedigree you'd imagine he was poor but poor because Joe Riley had a really good game against him you know that's one of the best right back performances Joe Riley's put in all season he he outmarked him he shadowed him he managed to intercept anything that was coming to him and when Pennant did get only you know a couple of times where he actually got the ball to feet and run at Riley he was there quick with his tackles positioning was bang on so you know Pennant probably looks he doesn't look like a, you can't judge him if he's busted flush yet just from that one performance but if players are going to play good against him at right back he's not going to get a lot of joy playing in that Berry team because because of the way they play, and and yeah, that that, that was about it really. Vaughan also looked completely selfish. He, every time he got the ball, he's wanted to shoot, and that's to me that shows the opposite. Excuse me, that shows a lack of the team spirit they've currently got. You know, everyone's looking out for themselves, and you know, obviously someone's nicked a load of money off Jermaine Pennant. So <laughs> I don't know if you've heard about that story, Ollie, that Jermaine Pennant had a load of money nicked from his locker on the first day at Berry. So obviously they are looking out for themselves at Berry at the moment. Yeah, I heard that one. I don't understand why you would take loads of money to a training like, <laughs> unless there's some kind of dodgy dealing or, you know, or like, you know, he's giving it to one of the lads as a bookie or something. But um, yeah, it's um, an odd one that. They're just a really odd football club off the pitch, aren't they? I think um, yeah. I was looking in the week and I think they've got something like seven mortgages against Big <laughs> Lane. And you you just sort of think, how, how on earth are, are they able to pay anybody, let alone somebody like Jermaine Pennant? Yeah, but there is a thing, isn't there, between Shrewsbury and Berry? We always look at them as the club that we would never want to be. Like for years, we've always thought we'd like to be Crew or we'd like to be Burton. In the last few years, and the way they've but Berry have always been that model club that we never want to be. We don't want to be going into debt. We don't want to go into administration. So there's always that little bit of needle. There was a bit of needle in the game actually, wasn't there? Because of the histrionics of Gig Lane as well in the first half particularly. But once we went one or two nil up, the fight really went out of them in that respect. So, so yeah, I think I think really that covers it, Ollie. So um, yeah, has anyone else got any other thoughts of the game? No, no. The only thing really just to say is. Obviously, I don't think the training ground can come quick enough. Um, yes. I know you, before the pod, you were saying that you ran past the training ground. So, yeah, it's. I think we need it because, obviously, the, the players train on the pitch in the week. Um, we've always struggled for um, training grounds, don't we, at this time of the mm. year. And uh, the pitch doesn't look in as good as it was earlier in the year. So, yeah, fingers crossed we can get in that training ground soon. Hopefully, we'll, the club will post um, some news that we've moved in. So, yeah, I think that's just something, um, we'll look to, something to look forward to and will help. Yeah, I, I, ran, I went for a run today, Ollie, as I told you before. Um, and I ran up... Hormond Hill and then back down that way past the training ground and, and the modular buildings are like all installed now you know they're all in one thing they're all in a building set off to the side built slightly higher up than the level of the training pitches so gives you a view over the training pitches but um, yeah it depends what the finishing side is going to look like but it looks like they've done a reasonable job in building the buildings so that's a, that's a starting point isn't it so there we go but yeah the pitch looked a bit poor on Saturday didn't it but it is you know the middle of winter now and it'll probably come good again so I suppose go go into top three now Ollie do you want to just run run through your top three for the match yeah so I went for a go-go first I thought he just was an absolute beast throughout the game 
absolutely um, love Agogo. He's um, he's just he he symbolises everything that has been good about Shrewsbury under Hurst. Um, fuller running. Um, he, he was, I think he was a bit more effective going forward as well this week when he got into the box a few times. He put us past some nice balls. Um, yeah, so he was really good. Roberts, I was got second. You know, he, he scored a goal um, and got an assist. A bit of a cheeky assist, but still he got a goal and assist for an 18 year old lad on loan. Fantastic. And Brown again was just superb. Um, I loved it when he um, when he did more, um, got his revenge in a positive <laughs> manner, um, like a true professional that he is. And um, yeah, just thoroughly deserved it. So yeah, it was really hard to kind of single single out players this week because there were so many options. You know, there I haven't talked about Sadler, who I thought was solid again, and several other players. Mm. So yeah, that was my 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 top three. Mike, what was yours? Exactly the same as yours, mate. Um, a go go uh, first again, like you. The the guys turned into a absolute rock in the middle of midfield. Yeah, just faultless uh, up and down. The the guys are. Kante really um, yeah, he, is. He, he, is, yeah. He, he just doesn't stop um, my second was uh, Roberts again um, one that I was sort of slightly worried about when he came in didn't think he would have the physical presence to, to sort of cut it at this level and, and from what people had said before but the guy's got pace he's a clever footballer um, and he brings people into the game so got him as two and third brown um, cult hero our new cult hero yeah I think, I think he might be um yeah, the, I mean, again, when he came in um, and, and Mellon signed him, I, I think at the time he got absolutely slaughtered. Uh, I think he'd come from Mansfield, was it? Uh, mm. And they had sort of said how awful he was at level, <laughs> but you know. Um, but yeah, just seems to be a player that has settled here and is loving his football. Yeah, I think that's a that's a fair shout, isn't it? He certainly turned the crowd around, hasn't he? Because even in that first six months when he was playing, people tended to get on Brown's back quite easy. He's definitely turned that around in the, in, in the course of, not just under Hurst, but I think this season, even when we were rubbish, Brown was generally one of the ones that was putting in the better performances. So, yeah, I think that's a, that's a good shout. I've gone slightly different to you two, though. I've gone for Roberts as man of the match. And it's interesting what Mike says about um, the lack of physicality because that's the thing I noticed the most about him on Saturday is that he is much more physical and powerful than he looks actually and he's a, a strong bloke especially when I was sitting four rows from the front um, on Saturday and he came quite close at one point I thought I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to mess with him to be honest with you so there we go so I think he's pretty strong but yeah I won't labour the point he was he was class on Saturday absolutely brilliant took his goal well all round play was good and I went for Brown obviously I won't say much more than you two as well as second and for third I went for Riley again because I was sitting um, watching Riley in the first half, really close to the right back position, it was it was the first time I've been able to really see how you know his game close up, and I thought he was absolutely excellent. And I've already mentioned it in the podcast, but I went for Riley third, just you know because you always everyone always picks a go go, so I wanted to give him a bit of a shout because I think he's been really good in the last few weeks. So yeah, interesting. We've, we've gone for mainly the same players, haven't we again? But um, yeah, I thought another normal feature, Ollie, that you've got is the three word match reports. I know you've been out and got a few from people, so do you want to run us through a few? Yeah, no, definitely. The, my um. F- it was quite a lot of comments this week as well. My phone was um, had a lot of notifications when I looked at my phone this morning. Um, so yeah, so there were some good ones. So from Jenny, fantastic team effort. Um, Aid, um, staying up. Aid just went for two words, but yeah, two important words there, to staying up. Um, Josh um, went for love Saturday afternoons, which kind of links to what we were saying earlier as well. Um, Ollie Waters was still low attendance. I think that was fair. You know, the attendance wasn't as high as maybe we'd hoped. But yeah, that's we'll maybe come to that later. Um, a go-go, yeah. absolute immense. Um, um, Ashley massive three points and Jim we are staying up so no obviously a lot of positivity from town fans and um, yeah they, those all those points kind of actually echoed what we've kind of discussed yeah I think yeah, well positivity is the way forward isn't it and you know 
let's think back to this podcast, you know, two months ago, Ollie, when we were in the depths of despair and we were, <laughs> we were getting told it's too negative. You can't, you can't judge, you know, we want to say again, this podcast is based on how the fans are feeling and we get the general vibe every match. And at the moment, people are up and they're enjoying their football. So let's hope it continues for the, for the foreseeable future. So yeah, I think we've, we've covered Barry off, haven't we? So yep. we'll just dip into Salop News a little bit and, and talk about Mike's all-time town team and uh, then we'll move on. Ward claiming it. Radcliffe heads it out of his hands though. Griffiths. Had a chance, Summerfield still. Goal, 1-0. Kevin Summerfield, former Cardiff City player, has equalised for Shrewsbury. Um, transfer window closed on Tuesday. Um, Towns um, added two new pl- extra players to the squad. So we brought in Payne um, from Barnsley and um, Yates um, from Forest. Um, Payne, um, for those who don't know, um, was quite prolific in, in the lower leagues, um, scoring a lot of goals for teams in particular Dover, um, where he got a big money uh, move in the summer to uh, to, to Barnsley. Um, and from what Hurst is saying, Hurst, when Hurst found out he was available, I don't think he'd planned it. Um, and there he snapped him up. And um, yeah, it's just a shame obviously he got injured. But um, yeah, he sounded like he was going to be, um, he sounds like he was a bit of a, a late one there, Glenn. Yeah, he was the one that, I can't remember which of them was signed quite late on into the transfer window. It was quite late at night, wasn't it? Town were keeping everybody up. But um, yeah, he's obviously got a prolific goal scoring record in the non league. And it's about time we went and dipped into the non league and trying to find some of their talents. I know he's been brought by someone else previously, but you know, it's, there's no harm in giving him a go, is it? And, and we might get to see him a bit more. Depends how long he's going to be injured for and all that sort of thing. But yeah, we'll have to reserve judgment on him and obviously Ryan Yates as well he's another one we're going to have to reserve judgment on playing because we haven't seen him yet but on the face of it yeah you're right about pain because we've already brought in a lot of strikers it didn't really make any sense to bring another one in we thought at one point in time so it was it was an interesting move um, to, to, to bring him in but yeah I mean it's probably just worth asking Mike really because we've given our views on the transfer window so far haven't we? but what what do you think about the work that Hurst has done in the transfer window you know what what your general feelings about where we where we are where we were at the start of January um, I think it's been very positive hasn't it Um like I've, I've sort of said a few times, the, the lads he's brought in, all young lads, all have something to play for. They've all sort of come from a lower level. A lot of them have sort of come from loan at a lower level. But they've all had good write-ups. I mean, the the lad Yates in particular, I was I was reading uh, on, I think it was Barrow, um, that he'd, he'd sort of been on loan at. And they, they absolutely raved about him. Mm. Uh, and I know it's a lot lower level than we're playing at, but, I mean, he, he basically sort of ran that team when he was there Payne again I think the Barnsley fans very surprised to sort of see him go out pre-season he looked prolific got injured um, and hasn't sort of uh, had a chance back with them but um, yeah really really pleased I think the one thing that struck a lot of people is the players that have come in haven't been well-known names. A lot of people have sort of complained as soon as the players have been announced. Mm. The negativities, well, you know, he's come from a lower league team. Their fans are saying he's rubbish. This, that, and that. I've, I don't think there's any of those players he's brought in that I haven't been impressed with. I mean, I know we haven't seen Morris, we haven't yeah. seen Yates yet, but the, the lads we have seen, certainly Rodman, I think was one. Um, a lot of people sort of slated him when he mm. came in. He's he's been phenomenal and they're all big guys they've all added some physical presence some pace and some height which is what we were we were really lacking yeah um, so yeah really really pleased and obviously um toto and um freddie um have, have so far you know will be cult heroes by the end of the season <laughs> if they carry on going the way they are yeah um they've been superb 
it's 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 almost got stopped me. You know, it's almost stopped me worrying about Grandison having left now that we've got some more cult heroes back, Ollie. So I don't have to keep mentioning how much I miss him. But yeah, I think one of the interesting things I read in the week about the transfer window was um, that Hurst was talking about you know what it means to him, and he was saying that yeah, he wants the fans to hope to see that he knows what he's doing, but also he's he's actually still trying to prove to the chairman and the CEO that he's got an eye for a player because they've taken the not the risk, but they've taken the gamble of of him coming in. Um, and and hoping he can do the job, and he's done it on the pitch. He seems to have got motivated, got him playing a tactic, got them you know more aligned. Now now he's trying to prove that yeah, I've got an eye for a player. This is your money I'm spending. I want to prove to you that I'm going to be bringing quality into the team. So yeah, it was an interesting view for for Hurst to be saying that rather than worrying about what fans are going to think. No, Shrewsbury um, fans are often too quick, aren't they, to to call judgment? You know, look at Roberts. Um, okay, I've I've got. Um, a friend who's an Oxford fan, and he said that um, Roberts looks like a player. But obviously, if you read online, a lot of the Oxford fans were saying how rubbish he was. Um, and I think football fans are sometimes a bit, a bit too quick to judge, to judge yeah. a player. Um, you, know, you look at like I saw, I was watching um, goals on Sunday this morning, and Bradshaw um, nearly scored again for, for Barnsley. You know, and what, what did Stuart Hansfair say about Bradshaw? So, no, I think you've got to give um, players a bit of chance and a bit of time, haven't you, before you um, before you call judgment on them? Yeah, it took me m- many months to get annoyed with Ian Black. So you know that's fair <laughs> enough, isn't it? So, so there we go. And obviously, talking to people leaving the football club, obviously Ian Black's uh, personal issues were maybe a little bit less personal and more football related than we might have thought because obviously he's now left the club um, so pff, there we go I'll either, we've talked about Ian Black yeah. many times in this podcast I didn't rate him he's gone let's all move on from Ian Black but another another person leaving the football club this week is someone that's going to be down in your neck of the woods now Ollie down in Stabridge um, Ethan Jones has joined Stabridge Town on loan so yeah you're going to go you're going to go down to the what are they, what's their nickname what's Stabridge's nickname the I don't glass know boys. the bridge the glass boys that's it you're going to go watch the glass boys yeah I could do actually if, um, if they're playing at home but the thing is they Play, did they play at home this weekend? I'm not sure. If um, if Shrewsbury, well, Shrewsbury have got two away games coming up, uh, I need to have a think about if I'm going to both of them, um, if I'm going to go to one of them or both of them or neither of them. And yeah, I think if um, I've, I've never been to see a Stourbridge game, and yeah, now is a really good reason to go. So if Shrewsbury um, are playing away and Stourbridge at home, yeah, I'll, and Ethan's there, I'll definitely go down and have a look. Okay, well, I'm not doing a podcast about Stourbridge Town with you, so <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll have to crack on on your own if, if that keeps going on. So yeah, so it'd be good to get Jones out, getting a bit more experience under his belt, won't it? Obviously, he had a sort of curtailed loan out of Tranmere, didn't he, with Mickey Mellon moving and then didn't really play all too much there. So hopefully he'll get a bit more of a run in the team at Stabridge. And I believe he started on... Did he start on Saturday? No, he came off the bench for three minutes or something. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. Oh, there we go. All right, well, hopefully he's just working his way into the team. So there we go. Good luck to Ethan. We know he's a listener anyway, Ollie, to the podcast, don't we? So he's one of our our favourites. I think one of the other bits of news we were just going to briefly talk about was obviously a bit of a bit of a bit of a sort of and you mentioned it pre- previously about the attendance it was a bit of a gutter really for the football club because they went out of the they went out to do the sort of ticket offer offering people 25% off i think it was the game on saturday and the next home game wasn't it and when you look at the attendance, we got 5,368 versus Berry, which was about two or 300 down on the 5,500s we got against Oldham and Bradford, which is a bit weird, isn't it, that we would do a ticket office, a ticket offer, and then suddenly we've got 300 less fans. So, I don't know, what did you make of that? It's a bit, a bit of disappointment, that, isn't it? I think there was probably a more away fans, wasn't there, for the Oldham and Bradford game. True, but still, yeah. But still... I think that probably netted out, and there probably wasn't really any real increase in um, in terms of Shrewsbury fans no. um, who attended. Um, I guess it just shows that um, it's not it's not just money related um, that people have been turned away. Um, interestingly, there was some people sitting behind me who have never sat behind me before. Um, and obviously, you know, Glenn very well where we sit. It's full of season ticket holders. Yeah. So there's a few different faces, but I think it just shows, isn't it? It's going to be 
it's going to take many months and maybe even next season and maybe even a few years where we kind of claw back up to into regularly into six mm. thousands. Um, I think the the football melon melon served as we've spoken about a lot, but yeah, it's, it's I think it's just what well, was many things that we've spoken about on this podcast in the last few weeks that need to be addressed. Um, but it was a good effort for the, t- the club to try, and um, yeah, obviously we can only um, only applaud that. Yeah, the, the principle of it is fine, and, and well done the football club for, for trying these offers. And I know it was one of the things they worked with the supporters parliament a little bit, didn't they, with trying to get some feedback from from you guys. So and that's good. I just for me it could be a little bit easier rather than this vouchers thing and, and going down the football club and having to get them before one o'clock on the day. You know, one of the things they could farce. do is trying to just open. It's a farce. Um, and you know you want to encourage fans you know a lot of people are busy they've got families they work um, you know there's a lot of people like myself who don't live in Shrewsbury you know obviously Shrewsbury being a bit of a catchment area as well there's a lot of people that live in all the towns and villages surrounding um, the club so yeah they should just be 25% off online on tickets and just yeah make it a bit simpler but oh well the intentions there just maybe not the how is is, yeah. is right at the moment yeah and, and hopefully that comes down the line but yeah maybe just make it a bit easier i think we won't ask you mike because uh, <laughs> no, no what, what no, do you no, think no. about it I, I to be honest I, I i agree with you guys i think we we as a football club we've got to make it easier for people to get to the ground um we've got to make it easier for people to be able to get once they're to the ground into the stadium um for whatever reason, and you know, I mean, we've been told that it's because of 106s and all the rest of it. We don't any longer have cash turnstiles. Mm. I think that's something that the SP has, has got to sort of um, take forward to Brian and try and try and sort that out. Because I think um, what puts a lot of people off is is they don't get to the ground until 10 minutes, 15 minutes before the game. Um, they then don't want to have to sort of stand for 20 25 minutes queuing, miss the first 10 minutes of a game. So we, we've got to try and find a way around that. I think the parking situation has got to be resolved. Uh, I, I don't know what it was like um, on Saturday because we came in earlier, but usually when we come in on the bus from the Prince of Wales, um, the car park is half empty and this is five minutes before kickoff. Now, again, there are people screaming out for parking at the ground and for whatever reason it's not been sorted out and I could sit here and go on about this for yeah. for days um, but it, it's something that, that falls under the remit of the SP and we have to take responsibility and take that forward and and it's something we will we will be doing um, Brian's been very um, positive about us sort of sitting down in the next sort of month or so and discussing ticketing and parking and and the lights going forward and that's what the SP really needs to be doing um, helping fans get into that ground um, and and get them back really um, it'll be interesting to see next season season ticket prices um, and how the ticking ticket policy is sorted yeah so mm. I think it's uh, it's it's a difficult one. It, it like the, like Ollie said, it's a long game. Um, I I I like the the voucher thing, and well, I'm, actually no, I don't. I I, I like <laughs> the fact that we're giving giving money off yes. um, off tickets. Uh, I think you know, and I I, I explained this to Brian. I, I think it needs to be a, a much longer term thing rather than one or two games. We are very limited to what we can do via. FA rules though um, so mm. uh, you know there is a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that I think fans don't see we can't offer certain ticket deals and, and you know and, and the like so it's something that we've got to work on um, and hopefully we can we can help get fans back in really yeah I don't want any more people in the car park because it takes too long to get over anyway Mike so they <laughs> can keep charging people as much money as they want honestly it takes forever to get that car park even when it's half full when, when they build the Aldi there 
God only knows what it's going to be like getting in at that stadium. So that'll be fun. Um, so yeah, I think that covers it. The only other thing I'd written down, Ollie, and apart from your stats, which you're desperate to tell us about, was the news this week of Connor Goldson because he's been sort of diagnosed with a sort of heart complaint or a heart issue. I'm not too sure what it is, but poor guy's been ruled out for the rest of the season, and you, you do worry about his long term, you know, future in the game. So I, I think I think I'll say this now. Hopefully, the football club say to him in one of these weeks he's got off now. Please come watch us one game. Come and get a well deserved round of applause from Shrewsbury Town fans because we want to pass on. You know, on, we'll we'll say it now and he's never going to hear this but you know we'll pass on the best of the whole fan base for Conor Golson because I'm absolutely gutted for the lad to be honest with you I was really surprised that yeah it came out on Saturday didn't it that he's got a heart problem he's going to have I think he's going to have some oper- an operation to, to fix it um, it's a it's it's a real shame, and it's also amazing question like, well, how did Shrewsbury not catch it, or maybe it's something that's come on mm. um, really recently? But um, yeah, fingers crossed um, he does well um, because obviously we love we do everyone loves Connor Goldson, and um, yeah, all the best to him. Hopefully he'll have a full recovery and um, he'll he'll reach his potential, which is uh, playing the Premier League. Yeah, maybe the sentiments really. I think um, it was devastating news to be honest. It, I think it broke just before. Uh, or did, just after the game yesterday, yeah. um, and I was, you know, you're generally gutted for the lad. Um, he's got a big move. One thing I, I would say is, I think it shows how far football medicine has come forward that this has been picked up. I think they they're now scanning the guys every six months or twelve yeah. months. So I'm guessing that this is a, a condition that's come on since he's left the the town. Yeah. Um, and and all we can do is sort of wish him the best, and and I I do hope the football club um, ask him to 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 come and get the round of applause that we weren't able yeah. to give him when he left. Too right. um, you know, because the lad is a proud Salopian as far as I'm concerned. Hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, club ex club captain and led us to promotion and all that sort of thing. So you know, he should go down as one of our best players in the in the sort of the year of the two thousands onwards, shouldn't he? So yeah, I think that he should definitely come back if he's if he's around. Let's let's have him down the meadow. But I think you're right about medicine. Is obviously you had the 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 Malumbu situation, didn't you? And if he gets ruled out for the rest of the season, but it avoids another situation like that happening, then obviously Brighton's medical team are completely doing the right thing. And I doubt that even Connor Goldson would say anything to the contrary. So yeah, all the best to Connor, and hopefully he gets back at some point next season. Um, and all it says here now is Ollie's stats and now we were talking just before the podcast to him weren't we Mike and Ollie was like I'm very excited about these stats and he does <laughs> like stats so come on Ollie wow wow with the salad class listeners with your statistics yeah I was leaving I was driving as I have my uh, my lonely drive home um, to Starbridge after the game <laughs> and I was thinking about I wanted to just have a look at the difference between Hurst and Mellon and um, so um, okay I got. I went found a decent website where I could copy and paste the um, the, the, the results over and did some analysis and um, played around with some numbers in Excel and um, so yeah. So I've, what I've figured, what we've kind of got to is that so Hurst has had 15 games in the league. Mellon had 11, and Coyne obviously had four. So we have to kind of have to forget about Coyne's period because unfortunately we didn't pick up any points. Um, but in terms of what ha- on terms of like the statistics, um, Hurst's um, average points per game um, is nearly 1.5 points per game, where yeah. Mellon was only 0.9. So obviously that's quite a big swing. Um, so Hurst had 15 games, Mellon 11, as I said. Um, but in that period, also we've conceded less um, than uh, Mellon did, um, even though it was four more games. So that's quite interesting. But more yeah. interesting than that was um, if so, if we take um, so say let's pretend that Hurst was in charge all season. And where do you where do you guys think we'd be in the league? So, like Mike, what position do you think we'd be? Uh, comfortable mid table, pushing maybe the playoffs. Yeah, so something like tenth or eleventh. Okay, cool. Well, that's interesting. You say that. Um, if if Hurst had been here all season, we'd have forty four points and we'd be joined eighth. Wow. 
Oh well, we should have brought him in in the summer. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. That's really impressive, and that's why I didn't want to. That's why I kind of hid the the, the data on the drive, so I didn't want you to see it. But that's really impressive. But also, to bring yeah. to other contexts, um, Tony Pulis at West Brom has the same points average as Hurst. You know, obviously yeah, right. he's having a great season. So it just shows you how well Hurst is doing, and Hurst, um, yeah, f- fully deserves all the plaudits he's getting from the town fans. Because yeah, we'd be eighth. That is just phenomenal. Like that just makes me so happy to think that you know we've got this manager now, and um, yeah, I'm almost looking forward to to next season already. Um, just to what we can do. <laughs> I know it's crazy to think, but we haven't you know, stayed up yet. Man. Yeah, I, was gonna, let's I know stay up we first. haven't. I know. I know we haven't. But um, I'm, I'm pretty confident we're going to stay up now. Um, if we go down, I'll be obviously utterly mortified. Um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting anyway. Yeah, no, it is, isn't it? And I don't think anyone who was at the game on Saturday needs convincing that Paul Hurst is working miracles. So uh, I think those are some incredibly good stats. And <clears throat> I was going to mention this when we come to the predictions, but it's interesting because we're going into play in Scunthorpe and Pot Peterborough away in the next two away games. And our form is infinitely better than both Scunthorpe and Peterborough. And you wouldn't have said that months ago. And you, you wouldn't think that we'd be going into play in the team second in the league in, in better form than them over the last six games. So yeah, that, there's something to look forward to there and some, some good stats, Ollie. So yeah. Yeah, I, good. Hopefully everyone enjoyed those, Ollie. You, you've got some cracking ones when you get the Excel spreadsheet working, mate. So it's <laughs> well done. Um, so I think we'll just round it off now with um, Mike's all-time town team because we like to sort of keep a track of everyone's all-time town teams, Mike. And uh, I think at the end of the season we're going to have a big vote on who's was the best. So yeah, do you want to run us through yours? It's, I think it's pretty similar to mine because we're from a similar vintage. So yeah, yeah. it's interesting to see yeah. you've got in goal though. To, to be fair, when you sort of asked, you, I think you miss a load of players or forget about them. Um, and it was only sort of when I was going through and. Um, you know, half of them I realised that have played for town, uh, <laughs> or remember that are playing for town. So Howie in goal for I think obvious reasons. Mm. Um, not sure we would still have a football club if it wasn't for Scott Howie. Yeah, um, jumping off the line. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Darren Moss uh, right back. Um, right back was quite difficult actually. It was the one position I I really sort of struggled with, but solid it, for his first spell at Shrewsbury. Absolutely solid. Sharps and Walton uh, centre back. Sharps. I think we saw in the Torquay playoff game what happens when he he wasn't there. Um, just held us together. <clears throat> Walton was solid. Tommy Lynch at left back, my all-time town hero, um, and I loved seeing him the other week. Um, yeah fantastic player not sure how he would be in the mod or how good he would be in the modern game but he, he sort of gave everything um and you wouldn't want to mess with him no i was uh, gonna say that mickey brown right wing again not sure we would have a football club if it wasn't for him and the great <laughs> escape uh, edwards and woods in midfield uh both excellent players that's been a popular and, choice edwards um, and woods yeah you know i i long for the day that Edwards comes back and um, <laughs> but I was talking to a Wolves fan on Friday night and they absolutely adore the guy yeah. so I can't see it happening for a while left wing difficult one again Sammy Aston couldn't cross to save his life but <laughs> was just electric one of those players that just got the fans cheering um, so he, he would be my, my left winger and then uh, Holt and Carl Griffiths up front um, yeah for obvious reasons both prolific for town um, both went on to play at a much higher level. Yeah. Uh, both excellent, excellent players. Um, yeah. So that was that yeah. was my uh, 
It's a solid team, isn't it, Ollie? Holt gets in everyone's team at the moment, doesn't he? Because the one season of amazingness is all it takes to be a legendary striker at this football club. But yeah, solid team, Ollie. I think it's one of the better ones we've seen, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's a good, a good team. Nice balance. And um, yeah, obviously, um, you've got some sim- very similar players to myself. Um, so yeah, definitely agree with that. Um, interesting, you've got Lynch in there. Left back, quite a few people have um, put in Tierney in, in the last few weeks. Um, mm. So they, yeah, he's a, a bit of a bone cruncher. But um, yeah, no, good to have a bit of steel in the team. Who are Tommy Lynch? That's what I remember when I was a kid when I first started going. He was obviously playing when I first started going, and I, you know, it was a it's a different, slight, it is a different type of football is, to the is. modern game, isn't it? Yeah. Playing right or left back, and yeah. certainly Lynch was of the older generation. I, mean, I think if you look at our left and right backs through the years, Gregory Ock and, and people <laughs> like that, who you know were, were oh. knackered after five minutes, and you sort of yeah. You, you I remember that game away at Dagenham when he had the worst game ever and uh, one of my friends shouted over the side of the pitch to Jimmy Quinn at the time will you hide Gregory Ox boots at half time <laughs> he didn't take it very well so there we go uh, one of my off tangent comments about when I used to do away games in the conference season but there we go um, so I think that's that's all the news and we've been through the team now Ollie. so we'll, we'll try and wrap this one up and we'll just move on to the predictions because uh, you've got some crowing to do because you got yours right didn't you could I just say one thing uh, before, we fi- before I finish uh, <laughs> uh, just to, uh, a shout out to the Berry fan who was uh, oh, ill yeah. before the game um, that I read about um, apparently had a heart attack before the game oh, was taken to Royal Shrewsbury Hospital and um, so big shout out to them and, and quick recovery yeah I think that's a, a really good thing to say I think I'd, I'd, I'd seen something about it I didn't realise it was quite as bad as that but um, yeah hopefully uh, you never want to see it happening to anyone at a football ground do you so yeah all the best to that guy yes yeah, it's, no, it's, it's not good news is that you obviously go to the football and you expect to go home so no it's a, hopefully he's well um, and um, yeah obviously we'll see if we can bring any news on that um, in the next part nice one Ollie right, we'll move on to the predictions now good Leslie crossed to the back post Whited heads it clear May 4 for McIntyre Let's to get a shot in and it's Chris Bright who got the header onto it. So Glenn versus Ollie predictions again. Last week, Ollie has got it right again. He went for Shrewsbury 2 and Berry 1. So yeah, not only did you win your bet, Ollie, and your 58 quid, which you crowed about before, but you're also well ahead in the in the competition now. So I got the result right. I went for 3-0 to Shrewsbury. But um you now lead 25 points to 19, so you've extended your lead again, Ollie. So yeah, we're gonna we've got two games obviously coming up, haven't we? We've got the the, the game on Saturday versus um, Scunthorpe, and then away on Tuesday. So at Peterborough, so we're gonna do the Scunthorpe game. So as you're leading now, Ollie, you can go first this week. Um, I'm gonna go for um, a two-all draw. Oh, that's confident that you don't think we're gonna get beaten against such a good team. That yeah. shows the turnaround in form, doesn't it? So uh, I, as, as good as we're playing, um, th- there are still some you know weak areas in our game, and I think Scunthorpe are playing particularly well again at the moment. They've had some, you know, they're, they're sl- although we've had good. Form. I think they're, they're, they're one draw where we had a, where we had a, where we had a victory. So our form's better than them, but only slightly. So I think I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure we'll go and probably lose there. But it'll be a credible battling performance, and we tend to keep more clean sheets than we were doing before. So I think I will go for one nil to Scunthorpe. What about you, Mike? I tend to agree with you. I think <laughs> uh, they got a pace in at the weekend, didn't they, to Southend? Um, oh, right. So I think they will be looking to get back in so I'm going to go with a 2-0 to Scunthorpe oh dear okay well good job Ollie <laughs> kept positivity there so yeah that brings us to the end of episode 28 Ollie and uh, I just want to say thanks to Mike for joining us and, and bringing us a bit of uh, his thoughts on the game it's been been interesting to hear and uh, yeah what, what about the next few games Ollie are you actually going to make Scunthorpe or Peterborough I'm not sure I need to have a word with the boss um, see if I'm allowed but um, no I'm not sure I haven't really thought about it to be honest um, I'd like to go to Scunny because I've never been there it'd be good to tick off of one of, my, uh, one of the 92 
I've been to Peterborough a few times. Um, I don't think I'll go there on a Tuesday night. Um, no. unless, uh Peter's not near anywhere, is it? So I'm not sure. I don't think I'll make that. But yeah, I might go to Scunny. Scunthorpe. You guys you, I've been to Scunthorpe. I've been to Scunthorpe many times. It's not somewhere anyone wants to actually go, Ollie. It's, it's, no, it's not. They, they, <laughs> no, it's like they, they built their stadium in about 94, didn't they? It was one of the first new yeah. generation of, of new out-of-town grounds. And the place is like decrepit now. And you know it's probably more rusty than the meadow is, which is saying something, to be honest with you. So um, I, I won't be going to Scunthorpe. I've been there many times. In fact, going off tangent, Ollie, when I finished my playing career for the Sports Football Club. We were playing away at Grimsby before a Scunthorpe game, and uh, that's where I did my cruciate ligaments in Grimsby. But I still manfully, with a broken, pretty much with a broken knee, went to the game at Scunthorpe. And as, as all my stories end, Ollie, shoes be lost. And I drove home really annoyed about it. So I, I don't really ever want to go to Scunthorpe. I've not been there since my knee went. So it's 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 in my, it's in my bad books. So if you go, good luck with that, mate. Are you going, Mike? Uh, no, missing both. Unfortunately, the kids take precedent um, <laughs> for away games at the moment. So. Uh, so no, I'll be missing both games. Well, good stuff. If you do end up going, Ollie, that would be good. Yeah, so if I'll, I'll see. Um, I'll see. I'd like to go. Um, it's, in, it's a different stadium for me, so that'd be good. And if not, we'll put a shout out maybe on Facebook or Twitter and get someone who can help us because it's always nice to to get someone's um, first hand experience of the game. Yeah, I actually know someone who I think's going to the game and could be a guest next week, Ollie. So ah, okay. we'll, I'll do some work in the background on that and, and ask them if they're up for coming on next Sunday because it'd be good to have someone that's actually been there rather than a little audio clip. It might be good to have a guest on about it. So yeah, that'd be good. So. I think I think that's it. That's the end of the episode. Thanks to Mike. Thanks to you, Ollie. And um, yeah, we'll catch up with each other next week. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Mike. Thanks very much. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much. Oh!